everyone. This is Catherine Adams and Elizabeth Wallace, and you're listening to Binary System Podcast number 308. And tonight, well, we don't have a Night Vale episode yet to recap. Uh, don't have any Laura Olympus yet. What other thing that's happened in the world might we want to talk about? Well, I seem to remember you and I put off recording this episode for a day so that we could wait until the Oscars were done. Wow. I'm glad we did, because for one, it went way later than I thought it was going to. I mean, I, they had dropped all those categories, and I thought, oh, they're going to make it more streamlined. It's still like a three-hour show. Yeah, yeah. At this, I mean, I know a lot of people were upset about them. I think, because I listened to the uh, Best Pick podcast, where they summarized some of the highlights and the lowlights from the mm-hmm. Oscar ceremony, and they said that they had the awards for like a lot of the technical awards playing as people were going to their seat, yeah. which seems really disrespectful. And at the same time, the ceremony was already three hours long. I mean, I don't know what else they can do to make it so that it's something that any human being would actually be able to sit through. Is it the combination of the speeches and they show little clips and they have little retrospectives? I mean, what is actually causing the bulk of the time? I don't know. I'm sure there's a lot of people that have been sitting down and crunching the numbers and desperately trying to find a solution because a lot of people just don't really watch anymore. I mean, I don't watch anymore. More. I mean, ever since the whole snafu with the uh, the wrong envelope and the La La Land oh, and all of that, oh my God, I just, I mean, I can't stand seeing the drama right then and there. And it feels like you can't escape it. Which brings me to yeah. a little bit of drama that we had at the Oscars last time. I wasn't even watching. I was just... I mean, five o'clock, my time came and went and I was like, oh, yeah, that the Oscars have started. So I jump on Twitter. And by that point, like Dune had already won three Oscars. I'm like, whoa, that happened fast. Yeah, Dune won all of the technical awards. I'm I'm very impressed. I'm hoping that for the next movie, part two of that, that they'll actually start getting some of the... um, the best actress, best actor, director, maybe best picture. I don't know, but that would be nice. But that was an impressive haul of Oscars for Dune. Yeah, exactly. I'd like on best pick, she mentioned that, you know, they got it for like best score. And she's like, I don't know, did Hans Zimmerman need another nod? I'm just thinking about the typical Hans Zimmerman noise. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. So yeah, and then all of a sudden, I see Twitter is just this little ripple that goes through Twitter. And we quickly find out I'm like, Oh, my God, Will Smith just punched someone? That was how I found out about it. Sort of Nathan was scrolling through his updates while I was playing on my phone. He said, Whoa, Will Smith just slapped Chris Rock on stage. Like, what? Wow. For real? And everybody's yeah. talking about maybe they did this as a sort of prearranged thing to, like, get some action going or whatever. Nope. Apparently, it was completely unstaged. Oh, boy. And I, that was another thing that um, the best pick people, the way they described it, because... Okay, so Chris Rock made a joke about Will Smith's wife and called her like G.I. Jane or, you know, G.I. Jane 2 or For whatever. being bald. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But she's got alopecia. That's mm-hmm. how you say it. Yeah, alopecia. Which can happen for a number of reasons. From what I've read, it happens to a lot of black women because there is this pressure to make their hair perfectly braided, perfectly set in place, and all that pulling and tugging, and the things that they're expected, like, because uh, you read other reports about women who show up to work, black women wearing their hair natural, just kind of letting it do its thing, which I think is gorgeous, and their bosses are telling them they don't look put together. So there is pressure. But you do that to your hair enough times, and you stress out the scalp enough, and sometimes the hair just won't grow back. Yeah, it's it's really... 
And I think she's been upset about it, obviously, because a lot of people's, you know, a lot of women's like mine, <laughs> their identity is tied up in their hair. Yes. And when it goes wrong, it's a very helpless feeling. And Chris Brock made a joke about it. And Will Smith just came stomping up and smacked the shit out of him and then sat down and said something like, keep your effing, what is it? Keep my wife's name out of your fucking mouth. Okay, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, man. And that the way they described it on Best Pick was that when he was yelling that, because there was some question like, is this real? Is this not? But she looked at his face as he's yelling it. And they said it was humorless and aggressive. And it's just like all of the conflict. Hannah was watching this at the time. So we were getting some of the blow by blows from Hannah. She was watching and she's like, oh, yeah, conflict averse baby me is just crawling under a table. You know, it's you, you hate to see that. And I'm so glad that I didn't have to watch it happening in real time. Because that was the other thing Hannah said. She said it was somehow, comparing this to the La La Land debacle, it was somehow more fun and yet even more awkward. And I went, ooh, I, I, ooh, yeah, no, do not like I'm sure every single person that was on stage for that whole La La Land debacle and was involved in any way is sending roses to Will Smith right now because this is the Oscar snafu that people are going to be talking about. And it's really... I mean, he did it to himself, but it's sucky for Will Smith because this is like the pinnacle of an actor's career in a lot of ways. And people aren't really going to be remembering that he won a Best Actor Award. They're going to be remembering that he smacked the shit out of Chris Rock on stage. That was the other thing Hannah pointed out because we're sitting here talking about, oh, my God, I can't believe it. And she goes, oh, here we go. We're like, what? She's like, they just announced Will Smith got Best Actor. I'm like, oh, Oh. drama. Oh, my goodness. (sighs) So. We're probably going to be doing a lot of callbacks to Best Pick Podcast, because I really think they summed up a lot of stuff that I was thinking. But Jess on the podcast said that there have been some people that have been calling for the Academy to take Will Smith's award away because he broke the code of conduct, whatever. And she said, there are so many people out there who have Oscars who have done horrible things. And are we going to take theirs away too? And I, I kind of think that's fair to ask that question because if you don't, if people say, well, they didn't do those awful things on stage, you're kind of saying it's fine what you do in private, but if you do it in public, you're going to embarrass us and we're going to call you out for it. Yeah. And we're talking like domestic abuse. We're talking possible pedophilia. Oh, my God. Um, Harvey Weinstein's currently in jail right now. And they've talked a lot about the fact that he put together a studio system that was basically an assembly line for Oscars. I mean, that was the whole drive of the company that he was putting together in the movies that he was having made. And if they decide to take Will Smith's Oscar away, then they're going to have to like, wipe Harvey Weinstein's name from every single Oscar that his company won and then turn him upside down and shake him a few times to make sure that he doesn't have any in his pockets. Oh my God, yes. Uh, And so here's the thing. Obviously, neither of us condone the violence. It's not. I mean, this toxic masculinity. And I, I think it's just awful. And there's a lot of people who are, you know, it just, it's like, he gave the speech afterwards and it was basically like, oh, you know, sometimes you got to do this thing to stick up for the little people and everything. And you're like, no, dude, don't don't put some type of greater purpose on top of your toxic masculinity. God. Yeah, I know. And, and there was mention about in Hollywood and this you have to when you're being disrespected, sometimes you have to just smile and let it happen or whatever. And I'm like, oh, 
And that is just like, that is real toxic masculinity there. When somebody says something hurtful to someone that you care about and you turn around and say that they're disrespecting me, I don't, I don't like that. It's like they're coming after his property. No, it's not cool. But one of the things that keeps getting me is that because he did that, now we can't have a coherent conversation about what Chris Rock did. Because this idea of going after somebody for their appearance, going after women for their appearance, holding them to this unrealistic standard, you know, punching down at somebody who's fighting a thing. And I got to tell you, one of my former co-workers, this guy on Facebook, he was talking about it. And he was immediately like, Will Smith should be arrested. Or this, this, this. And I just put a comment in among all the other comments that I was like, yeah, violence is never a good idea. But if he was like, going after her because of her appearance, because of what she's suffering from, that's uncool because that shit stings. And he comes back with, if she's so sensitive about it, she should have worn a wig or a big hat. No! Yeah, yeah. This guy, he's like old white guy like you wouldn't believe. Also, also, because I'm not mentioning his name, made one of my coworkers very uncomfortable several years ago because he asked her out at work and he is 22 years older than her. Oh, one of those. Yes, one of those. Anyway, anyway. Um, So it's just, we can't, it's like we can't have a conversation about that because even if Chris Rock were to apologize for it, which I don't think he will, you know, I don't think he thinks that he did anything wrong. But even if he were, it would look like he was apologizing because somebody smacked him and were saying that violence should be rewarded. Well, we can't do that. No. And a lot of people have said that this, what Will Smith did is kind of opening the doors for attacks on comedians in general, because now when somebody gets mad at something that a comedian says, they can just stomp on stage and emulate someone who was supposed to be a role model. And it won't be Will Smith's fault if somebody does that. It's always going to be the fault of the person who's being violent. But at the same time, he's a freaking role model. And he did that on national television. Ah! Yeah, it's just, uh, and basically what we can say to just sort of sum it up is I'm on neither of their sides at this point. I think they both acted really terribly, uh, took away the thunder from a lot of people who won a lot of awards that night, because this is all that everybody's talking about. When I would like to talk about the fact that the windshield wiper won for best animated short film. I saw that. It was like my jaw hit the floor. I knew that that was your favorite Mm -hmm. out of all of the, uh, short animated films, but wow, that is seriously impressive that that one got it. Yeah, because we we were absolutely calling it for Robin Robin, because that one was technically brilliant, but also family friendly. And it seems to me like the animation award goes to the family friendly one. I mean, it went to Piper that one year. Mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. went to um, a bear's story, which was kind of like they all looked like little clockwork bears and everything. Very family friendly. So the fact that it went to one that is like Probably the one of the least family-friendly ones out of the bunch. Well, no, Bestia was the least family-friendly. Yeah, if it had gone to that one, I would have wondered if something was up. Yeah, that's that. <laughs> I didn't think that one was ever going to get it. But I was so happy. That was really nice. <laughs> and Encanto won for Best Feature-Length Animated Film. And I think you and I called that one. Yeah. That that was the best of all of them. I mean, Raya and the Last Dragon was really good, but this one I think was just a completely different level. Yep. Yep. I never did see Luca, but I did see the Mitchells versus the machines Uh, that has some good bits in it. But I mean, I, even while I was watching it, I'm like, it's, can't hold up against Encanto. Not that it wasn't a good movie, (laughs) um, but it can't hold up now. So you saw 
Coda, which I did not see. Yes. What did you think? Well, it is the least cynical out of all the Best Picture nominations that I saw, because I saw The Power of the Dog. Mm -hmm. I saw Don't Look Up. Mm -hmm. uh, Dune. Mm -hmm. Um, What else was on there other than Coda? Hang on. I've got a list. I saw West Side Story. And yeah, out of all of those, it is... I mean, it's a very well-made movie, and all the acting is really brilliant, but just... It is also the nicest one out of all the movies that I saw. It's just, it's got a good message. It's talking about love and family and happiness and acceptance and dreams and also representation, you know, all sorts of good things. So yeah, I could, well, I think that's the best pick even mentioned that on the podcast. Just like after the few years that we've had, we really needed something nice. Yeah, I want to see Licorice Pizza because I keep hearing really good things about that and people talking about it being just unique, that it's yeah. it does something that people just haven't done before. And I really, yeah. I think the Alamo Drafthouse may be showing that coming up in the next few weeks. So I might have Ooh, to give nice. that one a try. Well, I gotta say, Power of the Dog, it is such a fascinating movie. You know, it is definitely not a happy movie. But it is just, it's really, really interesting and very beautifully done. And of course, the director of that, uh, Campion, got Best Director. Mm-hmm. Interestingly, the Best Pick podcast thought that there may have been some backlash. That was like in the for that was the forerunner for a while. And then she made the comment about the Williams sisters that, oh, yes, they did great, wonderful things, but they haven't had to fight against the men like I have. And everybody's like, have you never watched them play tennis? Oh, <laughs> God. No, I think she was, I think that was some roundabout way of her saying that the Williams sisters, they're in women's tennis. So they compete yes. against women, whereas Campion is up against male directors. I'm like, that I don't think that added a damn thing. I think you can talk about your own experience without trying to say that other people's experience wasn't as hard or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, The Power of the Dog is really beautiful. And it didn't leave me feeling as bad as Don't Look Up does. Okay. We talk about Don't Look Up is the most cynical movie I have seen in a while. And I don't mean like, I don't know, I, I don't mean like, Oh, it's mean. No, it's not mean. It's satire. And so it's exaggerating for the sake of satire. But I'm afraid with some of these people, these horrible people in this movie, you're like, I bet they're not exaggerating it that much. Oh, yeah. You said that that one kind of bummed you out for like 24 hours after you saw it. Yeah, I was just I kept coming back and thinking about it and being like, yeah, that's probably how it would be. You know, <sighs> everything that happens with trying to save the world. And oh, it's just yeah. I mean, it's funny in places. It really is. Everybody's a great job. It's a hell of a cast list. So many important people show up in it. But yeah, I would say if you want to go for a slightly downer of a movie, I would recommend The Power of the Dog over Don't Look Up. Okay, well, I'll have to remember that. And then my category that I always try and watch all of them, the documentary shorts, the winner of that one was The Queen of Basketball, which I do recommend. It is a short, so it's not that long. And it is about a woman in basketball, an African-American woman in basketball that I had never heard of. And it just, it tells her story. And she's still alive. She was just instrumental in women's basketballs, and she still runs. So they were able to interview her for the movie. And I think it's very well filmed. Um, it's 
just wasn't what I was expecting. And it's, you know, not happy all the way through, but definitely out of all the documentaries that I watched, it was the most cheerful out of all of them. Yeah, the last few years, it's been really rare to have any kind of inspiring or upbeat documentary short, it sounds like. That's kind of why I tend to veer away from that particular category, because I don't always want to sign up to be bummed out. Oh, yeah. And there were some really good ones this year, though I didn't get to watch um, When We Were Bullies. It's going to be on HBO Max in about two weeks. And it wasn't screening anywhere. It was not streaming. It wasn't, I, I would have gone to go see it in the theater if I could have. They just weren't showing it. And I'm like, well, you know, it's not like I'm asking to see it for free. Tell me where it is so I can spend the rental money. I would like to finish out the category, but I don't know, for whatever reason, they just didn't do that. So fine. I have no idea if it's good or not. I'm sure <laughs> it's probably good, but whatever. Have you seen any of the recent James Bond movies? No. Okay. Not for a while. No, me neither. I know that No Time to Die, I've heard nothing but good things about it, but on a James Bond kind of scale, you know, it got best original song and that was Billie Eilish and I do like me a Billie Eilish song, so I should at least check out the song, I suppose. But yeah, that's, I am glad once again that I did not sit down to watch the Oscars because I'm just, I'm getting irritated by all of it. And of course, Jess mentioned on Best Pick Podcast, she did get a little strident about it, but I mean, I think it's a fair point that with everything going on in the world, it's really kind of hard to even think of the Oscars as relevant at this point. You know? It's the um, the goodie bags, I think, that the uh, everybody who attends gets. And it's usually pretty extravagant gifts. Like, I mean, we're talking tens of thousands of dollars. And it feels yeah. kind of inappropriate with everything that's been going on nowadays. But yeah. I don't know. Um, I don't know what they would replace the Oscars with if they got rid of the Oscars. If they would just, I mean, it feels like you have to have a celebration of film, but at the same time, I don't know. Is there any way that they could do it that's new that doesn't feel like, okay, let's strap in for another three and a half hours of a ceremony? I don't know. Because you're right, we do need to recognize it because as much as we're like, obviously, you know, there's bigger, more important things going on in the world right now, yes. But certainly you think about the years that we've, you know, had to deal with the pandemic and we're at home and everything. And some of this stuff has kept people sane. You know, you have to admit people, you know, want to say it's like, oh, well, you know, being an actor or a filmmaker or an editor, all that's not really important stuff in the day to day. And I'm like, yeah, but I bet you watch those films and TV shows and you like them, too. And so we better make sure that we have good people doing it. Um, don't want to say that it's more important than first responders, of course, but you know, it's like, we should at least give some nod to the people who do a good job. But yeah, $30,000 goodie bags is probably not the way to go right now. But, you know. uh, yeah, I don't think so. No, but I did see somebody was making a comment on um, on the Nextdoor app, which I should probably avoid, but I don't. But um, mm. that whole program that they're having where it's offering a bounty on these god-awful Bradford pears that grow in the South oh, because yeah, they're just right. so stinky and that there's some program where you have your tree, your Bradford pear cut down and bring in proof like photographs and they will give you a new sapling to replace it with. And someone commented and said, we have an entire war going on in Ukraine. Don't you think we can be worrying about more important things? And I'm just thinking... If you always want to put something off because there's something more important to deal with, you will never get anything done. Because literally anything that you can do, someone will come up with something that's 
quote, more important. And right. it could be more important, but I think we can deal with the small things as well as the big things. Yeah, exactly. And also the infighting that gets in there where people say, oh, if you support this cause, that means you don't support the other cause. I understand that some causes are mutually exclusive. You can't support one and support the other. But it's like they're saying that it's a zero sum game, that you can only support this one thing and everything else has to fall by the wayside and then we'll never agree what's most important. It's kind of like that whole Will Smith, Chris Rock thing, you know, that it's a zero sum game that, you know, I have to, I have to support one and not support the other. No, I don't support either. Of them, so. I think they both suck at this point. Yeah. I kind of feel yeah. bad for uh, Jada at this point because uh, yeah. she's the one that was the target of the joke. And then she had to watch someone she's in a relationship with just act like an ass on television. Yeah. Also, her name's getting dragged through the muck, too. A lot of people saying she should be less sensitive. A lot of people saying that their marriage isn't good, all this kind of stuff. And I'm just like, ugh. <laughs> she didn't. I don't want to hear Yeah, anymore. unlike um, Chris Rock and Will Smith, she didn't ask for any of this crap, no. I don't think. No, I don't think so either. But to move on to, like, cheerier news, uh, we did both catch the most recent issue of Saga. That whole thing that we were so freaking out about at the end of the previous issue. And my God, they managed to resolve it in a way that nobody died. Nope. And I was I was damn impressed. I had forgotten. Okay, spoilers, obviously, for this issue and for all the issues of Saga. What is this? What, what are we up to now? Three? It's issue number three. It's, no, uh, sorry, that's three after the hiatus. God only knows what it is in the uh, run of the entire series. Hang on. It's issue 57 that we're on right now. Right. Because um, it stopped at issue 54, which always throws me. You yeah. would have thought that they would have stopped at 55, but I guess they can do whatever they want. But yeah, um, I had forgotten that in all the stuff that had been happening at the end of the last part of the previous arc and everything, that one of her wings got absolutely mangled. Yeah. And... When she went to talk to that werewolf, that's just, I, I agree with your review. I love that character because she's, she's like so a, cool. she's a nurse on the outside. She deals with people who have been displaced or who need stuff that it's not really legal for. And she's just, she's so kind and so understanding. And I love the way she talks. But um, Alana asked her if she could go ahead and remove her wings because with one of them gone, the other one's just a glorified shoulder pad without its partner. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah, so that was what happened. She had the wings removed. So when that drug dealer was threatening to rape her children to death if she didn't prove that she didn't have wings, because that would mean that she was like a from the uh, the other side working undercover. So she takes her shirt off and she doesn't have wings and everything's fine. I'm like, what? How? Okay. All right. Well, it's totally because even the werewolf even told her when she had asked just to have them removed. And then she's like, I have to ask you how bad are the scars going to be? And the end wife's like, well, I'm always an artist, but I'm guessing you're not asking for vanity. She knew that she would want to have the wings removed because her daughter has both wings and horns and you can't really cover up the horns. So if she removed the wings, they wouldn't see, you know, a woman with wings and a kid with horns. That just wouldn't work at all. Now they'll just see a woman who has a kid with horns, you know, and so... She covered him up. She actually did such a good job that the pirate, you know, was he had his nose right there at her shoulder blades and he couldn't tell. Yeah. 
So, and I did, I also like the way they dealt with that, where she was obviously pissed at him. And she said, you threatened my children. And he said, I have to, I'm a pirate. I have to say horrible things so that I don't actually have to do them. And then he said, Mm -hmm. come on, you're telling me you've never fronted to get out of a bad situation. And you see Alana and like her face and like, yeah, she's had to pretend to be a horrible person many, many times in order to get through something. But I still don't think she likes him. And she probably never will. And I wouldn't be either because he's proven that he's at least the kind of person that will envision that sort of thing. And it would be hard to forget that. Also, I just, I honestly don't think, mm, I don't think anybody can be that good at what he did and not be prepared to follow up on it if he had to. You know, I mean, sure, he doesn't, maybe he does, maybe he doesn't want to do these horrible things, but you better not say it and not do it if you somebody calls you bluff. So I think he's, yeah, I, th- I think he's going to be trouble. Yeah, yeah, but, oh God, I keep going back to that scene with Alana talking with the werewolf and the werewolf asked her, where her mate was and you just you focus on Alana's face and she just looks stricken and that was all that she had to say that that Marco is gone and oh we still have not seen the immediate follow-up of that and I'm kind of like worried about seeing that and also really wanting to see that just how exactly did they get away from all of that oh my goodness and then we've got the will who is following instructions from Marco's ex-girlfriend. Whose name is Gwen, I think. Gwen. I always forget that. She has him take Marco's skeleton head to the robots. Who are on the side of the wings, and Gwen is on the side of the horns. Right, right. And it was, I think Will even said that he was hired by the horns. Mm Mm-hmm but that the people who hired him wanted him to take the head to the robots. And they said something like happy anniversary or something like that. And the countess, the woman robot who we saw last episode, she was like, you know, the the anniversary celebration isn't coming up for another couple months. What kind of veiled threat is this? But the robot king seems to be okay with it. Maybe he's just happy that he's got the head because the will manages to convince him that it was Marco who killed his son, which is a clever thing. That is a clever thing to do. But I don't know why Gwen, I guess she said something about she's trying to save her moon wreath. Mm -hmm. So maybe this is just I don't know, there's some plan in the works, but I'm sure none of it's going to spell anything good for Alana and Hazel. You just know. No. And I I am really amused at the fact that the king with the great big um, color TV head yes. has been in such mourning for Prince Robot, who was killed. Because the last time they spoke, he pretty much told Prince Robot that he was useless because Prince had been like suffered from brain trauma and he'd been gone for months. And meanwhile, you know, Prince Robot's wife had gotten killed and the king just completely dismissed him. But now that he's dead, now it's, oh, my boy, my son, like, oh, mm, fuck your face. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, none of us who are familiar with the situation are buying any of this nonsense, but... Ugh, it's getting complicated. Mm-hmm. It's really getting complicated. Especially since we, uh, her partner, the koala, <laughs> he was talking with some of the pirates. And one of the pirates 
mentioned that he reminded her of someone and he manages to tell her a bit of a story that convinced her that it obviously wasn't him. But she was also convinced because she's like, yeah, you seem pretty cool and pretty funny because the guy that I was thinking of, he was a psychopath, you know, and you see a brief shot of her partner standing there saying something like, copy that. And he's got an axe in his hand. And you're like, oh, dear. I, I don't think he might not be good people either. I don't know. I, he's either not good people or he's been not good people. And he's willing to do some awful things to make sure nobody ever finds it out. Oh, man. Oh, man. This oh, It's going to be complicated. No, anyway. <laughs> So I guess that's probably, oh, that's, uh, we got some news about Laura Olympus. <laughs> yep, she put out a little promo piece of artwork and said that Laura Olympus is coming back on April 23rd. Yay! <laughs> so we were wondering, we were thinking that we would get the Fast Pass so that we would get the episodes earlier than we normally would if we had waited to the regular date. But she's doing it a different way, which I do think is kind of brilliant. She is releasing one episode for all the people who are on the regular pass to Mm -hmm. read it. You know, without paying any money, you get this one episode. If you have the fast pass, you will immediately get three episodes. And we're like, oh, I guess we have to do that. I think we have to do that. We might end up regretting it after we read three, and then we have to wait for three months before we can get another one, unless we pay for another fast pass. Well, you did say we'd have to wait three months. It would be only three weeks. Oh, sorry. Do that. Okay. Like, should I try that again? (laughs) Nah, that's fine. Okay. Um, so yeah, it's, it feels forever so far, but we're just like one month away now. I've got to finish that piece of fan art. That's now my hard deadline to finish my piece of fan art before Rachel manages to release three whole freaking episodes. Yeah, I'm so curious to see what's going to (laughs) happen. Yeah, there's been a lot of speculation about little piece of promo art, because Mm -hmm. it looks like a bunch of office furniture that have been, you know, knocked around, and it's in almost total darkness, but there's a tendril of some kind of glowing vine with flowers on it growing down. And everybody's wondering, what does that mean? So there's a lot of things going on. And I still don't know if the way Zeus handled it at before the hiatus was brilliant, or if he really shot himself in the foot. I think it could go either way. I tend to think he shot himself in the foot. Just the whole fact of how are they, you know, with cutting off from the mortal world, they survive by the worship of mortals. What are they going to do? Yeah. And the one person who now has access to the mortals is Persephone. Persephone. Yeah. So... I have no idea. Uh, it's <laughs> where was her mother being sent? Um, there was a town of mortals that she was being sent to. I can't remember what it is, but in the original mythology, that is where Demeter set up shop when she decided to stop all the cycles of spring and harvest and everything else. Right uh, until Zeus gave her her daughter back. Right. So I think that's little echoes of there. I don't know if she has any bargaining power at this point in Laura Olympus. I think it's all going to be Persephone now. <sighs> so excited. Oh, <laughs> what are they going to do to Apollo? Is anybody ever going to find out? Ah, oh my God. But I guess that is going to wrap us up for the week. So make sure to check out pixelatedgeek.com for all the book reviews, the movie reviews, the comic book reviews, the fan art galleries. We ended up getting a good portion of the Oscar-nominated movies reviewed on the site. So I will make sure to put a link to the post that collects all of them together. So if there was any movies you wanted a little more information about, maybe we had a review of them. Maybe we didn't. You'll see, because we're specific. But anyway, all that and more at pixeladygeek.com. 
So, oh, this Friday, I drive up to Anaheim for WonderCon. Oh, awesome. Yes. And I've been loving the in-progress pics you've been sending of the mask that you've been making. Oh, man, I put so much work into that thing. And I don't know how much of a mask mandate there's. I went to the swap meet this weekend because I was looking. We want to send a lot of finisher medals to Big Stack D casting on YouTube because we think it'd be hilarious to have him melt them down. I went all through the swap meet and I didn't find it. You didn't find anything? Oh, man. And I I really looked. I did. But I'll tell you, maybe 10% of the people were wearing a mask. Oh, well, Nathan and I went to see um, Bob Weir and the Wolf Brothers on Saturday. And we both wore masks for the entire time we were there. And I spotted like maybe two, three people in the crowd that also had masks. Everybody else was like, nah. But on the other hand, you did have to show proof of vaccination before you went into the building. Okay, okay. Well, that's, I mean, that is definitely a step. You certainly didn't have to do that for the swap meet. However, it was also completely outdoors. So, you know. True, true. Whatever. Yeah. Anyway, so I'm very curious to see what WonderCon is going to be like. We do have two professional photographers coming with us this year. So my friend Lauren, and I forget her friend's name, but we got them press passes. Awesome. uh, They're very, that's going to have some very pretty pictures. Not sure if we're doing interviews. I've been getting the PR um, notifications and I haven't really seen anything that's kind of grabbed me, you know, some DC stuff. And I'm like, I am reading absolutely no DC books Mm-mm. right now. Nope, so. I can't talk very intelligently about anything DC at this point. Sorry. Sorry, sorry, but well, I'm sure we're going to have a lot of pictures. So one way or the other, we will talk to everybody in one week. Talk to y'all later. Licorice pizza, I also saw. Mm. Um, yeah. Wait a minute, wait a minute. You saw licorice pizza? Damn it, sorry. No, I was reading the thing up there. <laughs> <laughs> Why the hell I did that? My brain went to. Did you hear the room? Well, no, I'm not even going to. No, no. Back that one up there.